0: Two. hey everybody welcome back to wrestling with the future your host psychic me and angelo here along with the guru who knew the encyclopedia pro wrestling he is jeff the ref robinson hey jeff how you doing know, baby i'm doing good brother how are you doing oh um, man jeff has been a busy week for us man
1: really Last
0: has, night has. Was <laughs> tonight the, the, it's the boys club tonight that old, yeah, just yeah. the boys are here. and we have one of the best uh I want to introduce my guest tonight. He he has made his mark and then some in the world of pro wrestling. And the guy's not even a worker. (laughs) From his days at ECW to founding Ring of Honor to reinventing a genre that was all but lost in pro wrestling, the shoot video genre. Our guest is none other than Mr. RF Video himself. Rob Hi. Feinstein, Rob, how you doing? Man?
2: Good, man. I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me.
0: It's it's our pleasure to have you. You know, at the intro, I'm going to get right into it because I talked about this lost genre uh, called the shoot, the, the shoot video interview, the wrestling shoot. Um, a lot of people credit you with you know, quote inventing it. It's been around a long time. What I think you've done, and and I'm going to say this to you on the air, I think what you've done is redefined the shoot video. I think the fact that your genuine enthusiasm for the business and your likability factor and the fact that you have tremendous goodwill with the boys made for a lot of headway. You got names that nobody could get.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: So the kudos to you, brother. Thank you. How did you get started in all this? And I guess really the story has to go back to your childhood when you were a a kid as a fan?
2: Yeah, I was, uh, I guess, nine years old when I first discovered wrestling on a Saturday morning. I was uh, watching the cartoons like I normally would, and I flipped through the channels. And I remember, like it was yesterday, I saw a promo with Andre the Giant and uh, the Strongo Brothers. That was my first glimpse of professional wrestling, and I'm like, "Wow, it's larger than life, guys! This is amazing." Yeah, it was incredible. Of- now, you
0: obviously you being a, a you know a Northeast guy, you're from Philly, we should say. Yep. Okay, and so you grew up with Vince Senior's product. Correct. Correct. Did you launch any of the other uh, products that we had? And, uh, when did you get cable? Because I, I was able to get, of course, you know, WWWF uh, and then WWF. And uh, I was able, and I don't know if, if you were a, a fan of it or not, but I was able to get the UWF and also NWA. Yeah, that was in, like,
2: 86. but I got cable probably in 83. Three and um, the only thing that was on my cable, to be honest, on Saturday mornings was WWF, and that was it. There was no NWA until around 1985 in Philadelphia, and uh, I remember that day exactly, like how I discovered the NWA, like it was yesterday. So,
0: were you, a, Rob? Were you a Civic Center guy?
1: Oh
2: yeah, I went to the Civic yeah. Center as soon as <laughs> they came around, and it was the best.
1: I got a quick question yeah. for you, Rob. Good no stuff. Knowing that you you had the NWA that you got, or you're originally influenced by the WWF and then the NWA, when you got, in, when the NWA got introduced to you, and as you said, you won't forget it, you know, you never will forget it. That was actually what I grew up on was Jim Crockett promotions, NWA, Mid-Atlantic. That's- so would you say you preferred that over the WWF being a, a Northern guy? That's kind of odd to hear. 100% I preferred NWA
2: over WF. I love the product. It was real to me.
0: Yeah. That, you know what, Rob? That, I'm going to stop you right there. That was it. It was real. It was believable.
2: And that crowd heat. When they would do Saturday morning TV tapings. Was, oh, yeah.
0: I will tell you, Jeff. If Jeff, if you're not familiar with the Philadelphia Civic Center, it was, and Rob will tell you, it was the perfect wrestling venue. It really was. It it was perfect.
1: I I, I they have used really to put
0: fourteen thousand people in this place, standing room only. It was unbelievable.
1: I have heard the stories. I have seen the you know of course the arena shots and everything. Unfortunately, I never got to go there. I'm from Norfolk, Virginia. Norfolk Scope is my home arena. I've been down um, there. And I yeah, actually that that. You, you, uh, with with ECW, you were down there in Norfolk at the boathouse. Yep. I'll never forget that show. Yep. Either will uh, chance. <laughs> I, I, was there, I, I was there, actually, and, uh, I, I helped set up the ring that night trying to get a spot on as a referee. Um, due to my affiliation with the Dubs and CW Anderson, they kind of got me, like, as far, as, you know, anyway, that I tried, and, uh, but they didn't have a spot for me that night. But hey, at least I was, you know, It never hurt to try, right? So uh (laughs) but um no, I was gonna ask you really quick when you were talking Philly. Were you I have to I have to ask this nineteen eighty six were you there during the infamous Midnight Express rock and roll title change in Philly? Were either one of you there actually? I was yeah, I was there. My my buddy film. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was there, brother.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we would film the shows from the balcony. Well, I didn't. My, my One of my really, really close friends filmed all the Civic Center shows. And that was the night that Tol- – you're talking when Tully and Aaron lost the belt, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because we were at the hotel earlier that day, and uh, I'll never forget, Tully was a little bit drunk that day, and Aaron was there, and I know they just had the big falling out with NWA, and Tully wouldn't come down from his hotel room. They were running really yeah. late. I remember there was
0: a lot of shit going on at the hotel because Tully well. didn't want to go and do the job. Rob, let me give you a little heads up about that. Because Kathy Fitzpatrick and I talked about it last night. And you know Kathy, right?
2: Oh, yeah. I've known her since I was a kid.
0: Kathy literally, Rob, lives right there across the street. She lives across the street from me. Okay. And she was here in person last night. We uh, We did ladies night last night. And Kathy and I talked about this. I rented the bar that night at the Philadelphia Airport Marriott. I was at the Marriott every week. I mean, not every week, every month. Every month. Yep, we sure were. And that night was infamous for a couple of reasons. It was, the, of course, the infamous falling out. Yep. But it was also the night that uh, my friend Tony the Tiger Simone got into a full-out fisticuffs with downtown Denny Brown wow at the hotel bar and it took one gentleman named rick flair to put the kibosh on everything and that was the first time i saw nature boy in action
2: wow in the bar yeah i used to go to that hotel every month they were in town that's when i found out that where the guys were staying and that's how i started getting pictures with the guys and getting friendly with the guys and i would sneak into the bar and get kicked out because i wasn't 21 (laughs)
1: the yeah. <laughs> security hated me at that hotel. He uh, sounds like me.
0: Sure. That was a great bar, though. Uh, it was really bad. was.
1: I, I used to go to the Norfolk Airport Marriott because I knew that's where the guys were going. And the same exact thing, Rob. I mean, going there, showing up, trying to meet them, trying to, you know, whatever. And now I got to, uh, you know, sorry. I mean, I'm going all over the place here. Yes. But um, what led to you getting affiliated with ECW and eventually becoming their... I mean, you were their camera guy from show one on. All the way until the end. Um, Well, I knew Paul Lee from NWA and WCW
2: days, from going backstage at the NWA. I've told the story a zillion times. Rock and Roll Express uh, did a Joel Goodhart luncheon, got friendly with Ricky Morton, Mm -hmm. and I told him that I had a lot of his Japanese tapes, and he told me to come to the show the next month and bring it to me to get me backstage. Well, that's how I started meeting the guys. I would go backstage every month after I met Ricky Morton and got friendly with him. I knew how to get backstage through the to the door so we did it every month and they thought we belonged there it was great yeah and then i started driving the guys back from the arena to the hotel to the Marriott, yeah. and i got friendly with the guys so um remember john clark he did a convention in philadelphia with uh curry von eric was there oh was- god
0: yeah sure
2: it was way back in the day Well, todd was at the convention and todd right. came on the table and uh todd bought some videos off us and he told me he was starting up a wrestling company called ecw and asked me if i wanted to be a, a vendor at his show so that's how I got connected first with ECW. is was just setting up at the in, in merchandise stand, basically, at the show. And Eddie- uh,
0: I'll tell you a, a funny story about that. Yeah. Uh, I had a television show in Atlantic City at the time called King Arthur's Wrestling Roundtable. Todd and Hat, you know, Sandman. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm breaking kayfabe. I'm sorry, guys. No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, the Todd and Sandman... For the record, uh, that my show was the first non wrestling, non ECW television they ever did. Wow. Was my show. And, uh, and I remember he had the Kendo stick that night and he was swinging it around the studio. Huh. And I'm interviewing him, and all of a sudden, in the middle of a shot, bada boom, comes the Kendo stick. <laughs> Right across the fart, I went back. I, I Todd literally grabbed the back of my chair and pushed it back forward. I was <laughs> heading I was heading backward. But no, it's funny because you know we attended a lot of the same events together. But and you and I have only run into each other I think twice. I met you twice. Of you know, introduced to you twice. We're at- Despite the fact that Oh, I, I met you for sure backstage at the Civic Center for sure okay. once. Um, and I met you at the bar for sure once. Um, I'm thinking, I want to say eighty-five,
2: eighty-six.
0: Amazing. I'm wanting to say eighty-five, eighty-six. 86. Uh, here's what it was at the time. I knew, you know, Larry Sharp was always a good friend of mine. And Larry was, whenever NWA was in town, Larry would go back and say hi to some of the boys that he knew, right? And one of the one of the guys Larry trained, of course, I, I mentioned his name just now, was uh, Tony the Tiger de Simone. Uh, he and Bam Bam were going through about the same time. And that night, for lots of reasons, I won't forget it, but I remember meeting you... Um, you were just, I mean, your hair was uh, a, a, little oh. full, you're a little fuller. Oh, yeah. Uh, and a lot more of it, <laughs> of course. Yeah. But, and I, but I remember you being the cameraman for ECW. Uh, and when I saw, because when I went, used to go to the shows, I saw you running around with the camera. And I didn't put two and two together. And I'm going to be honest with you. It never dawned on me that you were the same kid that I met way back then.
2: It's crazy. It's crazy.
0: So how did you get picked up as the camera guy?
2: Well, it's just, just from holy? No, it's, no, it's no, actually it's more than that. I wasn't working for them. I was paying them to be there. So like, uh, oh.
0: yeah.
2: yeah, I basically started asking Todd when we were selling merchandise at his shows. You know, I sell videotapes. I want footage. I said, let me, you know, film your shows, and I'll give you guys X amount of dollars. And uh, Eddie Gilbert was booking at the time, and Eddie uh, basically was on his way out after the Ultra Class show. Paulie came in. Todd and Pauly had to have a meeting about it to get the green light, and then the next day, I got a call from Paulie and we did our deal, and I was off to the races. Wow.
0: So you, know, you were there yeah, from
2: the first
1: show to the very end. I was there from the very first show until the very last show. Every and the last show was in Indianapolis, right? Uh, Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Okay, or, or, okay. I, Bluff, I, one of them. I, I've heard. I, I thought I had heard Indianapolis for some reason, but yeah. So,
0: so you grow up a wrestling fan. Had you ever had any desire to be a worker?
2: One hundred percent. I I did some stuff down in ECWA for uh, Jim Kettner's company. Uh, oh sure, yeah. We did a couple battle royals and some other stuff down there, and um, you know, I've I wrestled a couple other things and you know here and there. But I was making more money behind the scenes and not taking bumps. Don't get me wrong; it's right. one of my biggest regrets. I tell Tommy Dreamer this all the time. I have a gift for gab. I know how to talk, and uh, that's one of my biggest regrets: is not getting trained properly and and uh, you know following my dream. And that's that's one of my biggest regrets.
0: I, well, I don't think you have anything to regret, young man. Uh, you you seem to have parlayed. The, your your uh, versatile camera into a, a, a little bit of a fortune here. Yeah, <laughs> so it worked out well, and and you didn't have to kill your body in the process.
1: Exactly. I mean, I still like asking, but it isn't. You know, I'm not. Well, the- I, mean, I know that he, in e- ECW you had like when they did the BWO, you ran around, around with the camera stuff, gimmicks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that was one one thing I remembered watching you do. Now, what? Who? I got a question. Who was your very first shoot? I, that I do not know, and you may I'm sure you've told that plenty of times. Oh, I know I'm actually confused
2: about all that. I don't know if it's Sandman or Bill Alfonso or New Jack. It's one of those three, and I honestly don't remember because it all happens so quickly, and uh, I just never wrote dates
0: down. So I, I'll never know. Okay. okay, now, Jeff, are you asking Rob what the first RF shoot was? Like the first one that he, or the he first wrestling himself?
1: shoot. No, the first one that he conducted himself that Rob...
0: Conducted. So so it's either what? It's either Sandman.
2: Fonzie or New Jack. One of those guys. Okay. Might even be Tommy Rich,
0: to be honest with you. Okay. I I, I will tell you that uh, the first, what we call now, wrestling shoot was done by Larry Simon, a.k.a. Malenko. right? The great Milenko, where he literally broke K Fave in front of the camera uh, and went into character and out of character. And that was done in 1974. Was that but, the one that there pe- but here's the thing, though. There are people who say that Eddie Gilbert's shoot interview with you.
2: I did not do the Eddie Gilbert shoot interview. That actually happened before any of my interviews. And oh, I, okay. I, I saw that interview, and I thought it was horribly shot. It was shot in, like, a hotel room.
0: It was very dark, Rob.
2: Yeah, and I was like, man, I, I could do this. And I actually got the idea from Wade Keller's Torch Talk, because Wade would do these interviews in, you know, the uh, – what was his the newsletter? The, the, yeah. Um, the The Torch. Yeah, the Torch. Yeah, for Torch. yeah for Torch. Torch, yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Sorry, Wade. Um, But, yeah, I saw Wade doing all the interviews and stuff, and I was like, I need to do this on video. And uh, that's where I got the idea from, so –
1: Wow. Now, so you, you so, go ahead, Jeff. No, no. I was gonna say, but you had already seen the Eddie Gilbert shoot, and then the, then you. I heard about it. I did get a copy of it because I was tape
2: trading, but uh, okay. and then then I watched it. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about that a minute, because because Jeff, in the early days, you know you're where I'm going with this. Yet <laughs> this tape trade. I'm a little older than both you guys, so I guess I I grew past the tape trading thing. Um, What was that all about? You know, it was amazing. because Give me a heads up into the mind of the tape trader.
2: If it wasn't for tape trading, I would never be in business today, and that's 100% shoot. Um, Basically, you would get the after magazines, and you'd read about all of these different territories all over the country, continental, Florida, Memphis, Texas, where you Mm -hmm. have it. All we got up here was NWA and WF. So I started getting smart to the uh, business from the Wrestling Observer. And back in the day, Dave would have the Reader's Page. It was one of the, yeah. I guess, page eight. People would trade tapes. guy in Memphis would say, hey, I got Memphis. I'm looking for uh, Texas. I live in Florida, and I'm looking for Northeast mm-hmm. MSG stuff. So I started like corresponding with all these people through the Reader's Page. And I started right. trading tapes. And I just built up a huge collection. And after, I'd say, a good year or two, I started selling this stuff. And I was known as the guy to pretty much get everything i mean i was getting everybody's tv everybody and i Mm -hmm. would trade a guy down in Memphis, florida stuff that i got from a guy in florida so it was just i was getting everything japan you name it i pretty much have everything from the jeff did did it work that way for
0: you jeff
1: oh definitely it was the same it was the same thing i i i learned about it through the the newsletters and mine was through georgia macropolis that was the newsletter i was getting oh yeah and and, um yeah, Chatterbox. And that's actually how I learned about RF video and what it, what Rob had going on there with, uh, because and then, you know, like he said, it was, you read about these territories in the after mags in the 80s and you grew up wanting to watch them and then you're going, mm-hmm. there's got to be footage out there somewhere. Somebody's got it. Yeah. Feel, courtesy of Rob putting together and I don't know if it was Rob or conglomerate of other people, but the compilations of the best ofs of the rock and roll express of midnights, the fantastics, Tully and are all, you know, best of them in Japan, whatever. That was really what, what drew me into getting Rob's stuff was a lot of the best ofs because I knew I was going right. to see stuff that I had not seen anywhere else. And
0: Rob, and- were there certain territories across the country that were hot beds for tape traders? Men- Philadelphia, I can imagine, was probably one.
2: Oh yeah, the, the,
0: the New York Philadelphia market. And Jersey. Oh okay.
2: Especially like the indie shows that or Dennis Carluzzo would be running in the eighties.
0: Oh All god, of- I knew Dennis well.
2: Yep, a lot of the big indie shows took took place. They were the hot
1: stuff that people wanted. Yeah, really oh, wanted. The the big one that was going around probably the uh, best of three between Cactus and Eddie Gilbert that they did at the indie show. Yep, 100%. That's uh, tape number 284, and I know it by heart, because I like, made it so you. you
2: guys have my catalog out there? Check out number
1: 284. I, I, Re- I, that's I, funny. I, I, I used to have all your catalogs. I mean, like they were, they were like my PWIs. I would look through them, and I'd be like, man, I want to have and then it'd be like, okay, I got paid. I'm going to spend. <laughs> so I told so Rob, you we're
0: Feinstein Marks here. <laughs> I, I, I,
1: I, will not, I, I, I will not lie. And I will say that. And and, and Rob, I got to thank you for milking me out of about $3,000 worth of my paycheck um, from back in my day. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure I, I paid a couple of house payments for you or something. But hey. Uh, <laughs> He still um, has that three grand, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, know, honestly, I, let, let me thank you as a fan. Thank you for your, your, your work. Um, your for supporting us. I, because, now, I got a question for you, and I'm sure you've heard it a thousand times over. Yeah. Arn Anderson shoot that you sold me on, by golly. I did hated not tell it. me he kayfaved it. I hated it. Really? Tell the li- why, oh I, that I comes as a surprise
0: did. to me, Rob. It really does. Yeah. Because like, I know
1: that you and Arn
0: legit are are tight.
1: Yeah. Or yeah. worse anyway. No, but yeah, why no, you kay- just... why did no, kay- no, no, I was gonna say, why did why didn't you not what uh, why did I, I I guess I know why you didn't, but why did you not give kind of the heads up that it was kinda of in K I just
2: didn't think it would sell to be honest with you. I think people knew that and um I think people saw a different side of him anyway. I think nobody's ever really seen him not in full character because he right. was in character a little bit, but I wanted people to see a different perspective of him. And uh, we yeah. are another one with Arn. We've talked about it very recently. and uh,
0: he's Well, that's the, the whole idea of the shoot is to, to catch the guy to, to reveal the person behind the character. Yeah, yes. I, I remember that's that. So- Hold on, chat. That's that's the whole idea of the shoot, is it not? Right.
2: One hundred percent.
0: Now, uh, given okay, Jeff mentioned Arn Anderson. I'm going to throw you one from from my era, Bruno. Great interview. Okay, now I knew Bruno, and there's something about me you don't know. You've heard a lot of guys mention the name Phil Zacco. Okay. Right. I'm Phil Zacco's nephew. Legit. legit shoot, right? okay? Bruno, in my opinion, and maybe you thought it was you know straight legit, but Bruno kfabed ninety percent of his interview with you.
2: oh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he did.
0: but you know, Bruno never broke kfabe. He always protected the business. Right. How do you do? An effective, believable shoot with a guy who either, A, doesn't cooperate with you, or B, can't cooperate with you.
2: I've had a couple interviews like that that were just horrendous.
0: Walk me through them, Rob.
2: Uh, our interview with Jimmy Snuka, everything was good, brother. Uh... Uh, I don't, it was good. <laughs> Pretty much that's all yeah. he would say about anything that I would ask him. He had no rec- Yeah, I,
0: I have that interview. It's yeah. a horrible interview.
2: It was horrible. Um, and
0: Gordon, I knew Jimmy. I knew Jimmy very well. Turing he lived Gordon. about 10 minutes from me.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I had to ask him certain questions. And I mean, I was nervous about asking him, obviously, the obvious question about the girl. Um, I was actually oh, surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised he gave me the answer for that.
0: Yeah. Um, well, you know the, the other, w- <laughs> and Jeff and I talked about this. I have to. I'm laughing, Rob, I'm shaking my head here because I have to know. I I have to know from you, okay? Billy Jack Haines. Okay, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Jeff is already popping. Look at him. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> no,
2: I'm just laughing, laughing. because.
0: What was the deal with Billy? What what was he on?
2: I don't know. You'd have to ask Billy,
0: brother. That was fucking nuts. Part of my language. That was fucking nuts.
2: Which one? <laughs> We've
0: done like oh, three or more. Ones. He's wearing the suit and tie.
2: That was the second one, I believe.
0: Yes. What? Where was his head?
2: Well, he you know he, he has no shame in saying that he had a drug problem around that period of time. So right. You know,
0: the rumor was that he actually paid you for that. No, that's,
2: nobody's ever paid me to do an interview with them ever. So I've never heard that before, but yeah, that's, that's not true.
0: That was the scuttlebutt I got. And I thought, it, you know what? I'm not, hey, wait, I want to tell you something. If you can get a guy to pay you, take I'm, the fucking money, brother.
1: <laughs> I, I, I actually, I, I had seen the, very, the first and the second Billy Jack. Um ones that you you know that you had uh done. I I I mean watching it and hearing his claims that he made were just like so far out there. I mean, like from the Benoit, to the, the what well, it was very know. entertaining. Uh, oh, no doubt. No, he yeah. made for a very trust me, watching him and uh being under the influence of uh, of some uh, spears or, or whatever definitely made for <laughs> an entertaining fight. Yeah. Um <laughs> but uh hey, now who would you say, here's one for you, who would you say is the one that you tried to get that you never were able to get? Macho Man Randy Savage. Ah. Really?
2: Yep, and that I was so
1: close. would have been so a good
2: one. Yes. And was uh, too, those two guys. They were the guys that got away, and I was uh, so close to getting Randy. He died three weeks after we started negotiating again. Oh, oh yeah. man. I used That'd to send be- Randy boxes of our shooting reviews. I mean, like, every week I'd send him, like, Two to three hundred interviews. I gave him everything because I wanted him so bad for an interview. Yeah. And then we stopped talking for a good couple of years, and uh, we stopped talking for maybe two years. And then I started hitting him up again because I, I asked Lanny. I said, "Do you think I'll get any leadway with me?" He goes, you know, you know, you know my brother. You got to try him again yourself because I tried to go through Randy or Lanny, and it didn't really work. And then I called him. We started talking. We were going to talk about money, and then three weeks later, you know,
1: he had the heart attack. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll tell you one of my my favorites or one that I watched and that I thought was rather funny too at the same time was the Rocket Roll Express that you did it was right after Ricky and and Ricky Morton and Kevin Ashes started their work together to try That's to work. Right. Yep. And which he, God bless them for working they that promoter for how much ever for. they got out of it. Yeah. I mean uh, they, I I don't know if you know that story or not uh Angelo but Ricky or Kevin made comments about Ricky on a shoot yeah. Ricky turns around on a shoot with, with Rob as well, says comments back. Yeah. Rob even puts that down in the comments. See what Ricky Morton says back to Kevin Nash on a shoot. They work it into where they pretty much kayfaved it, that they, they've made it seem like they have legit heat to the point where a oh, promoter yeah. in Northern Virginia paid them like $10,000 apiece to come oh, yeah. in. And, yeah, I know that story, uh, Jeff. No, what I was going to say was, but that Ricky Morton, it was Ricky and Robert. And Robert just sat there on the couch. And Ricky would be like, I got this one, brother. I, I, hang on. I got this. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I'll, and I'll tell you how I know that. Is I'm going to let Rob in on something, too. I booked Ricky and Hoot here for a show in Williamstown, New Jersey. They stayed in my house for two days with no sleep, nothing but cigarettes, coffee, and uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Who's
2: this, Ricky and Robert?
0: Yeah, Rick and Robert, yeah. Okay. I had him here for two days. No sleep. Coffee, cigarettes, and donuts. That was their diet for two days. And when he was here, he he let me in on that whole Kevin Nash thing. And I thought, brother, you guys are brilliant. That's old school work, and you don't see that shit no more.
1: You definitely that don't. old school Pulled into the modern day now, oh, I, I, and I wanted to, talk to rob about that too. And, and here's the thing, and, and I
0: don't know if if you can answer this or want to answer this, but it's entirely up to you. Yeah, have you ever been approached by a promotion to run an angle as a, a, a shoot, you know, quote shoot video to work it as an angle between two guys? To, to work, it, okay, you're shaking your head, yeah.
2: 100%, it's just happened within the last six weeks.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So I hit on something here. Yes. Okay.
2: But it's not going to happen. I, I tried. Uh, I was
0: so. going to say, you know, Rob, I, I know a lot of people in the business, and a little birdie told me something, and that's why I asked you that question.
2: <laughs> uh, I was just hit up six weeks ago, uh, and I'm not giving away anything because I don't think it's going to happen, so.
0: No, and I and I think you're absolutely right. Yeah absolutely right. So how did you parlay? Oh, I'm sorry. Jeff's got a question. Go ahead, Jeff.
1: No, no, no go ahead. No, no, I, I, no. Go for it. Go for no, it. No, I was going to ask you was, um, the, 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 the uh, uh, never mind. I forgot it. I go. <laughs> it's okay. I, I just totally blanked. Yep,
0: Sometimes we have brain farts. It's oh, awful. I,
1: everybody I, I had it it. <laughs> so
0: how did you parlay? this uh all these tapes this information your contacts how did you parlay that into rf video when did rf video as a shoot company come to be
2: i would say in 1995 when i got incorporated that's when i started a year before with ecw and we started getting big and my dad was an accountant and um he's like you need to get incorporated you know protect yourself and pretty much incorporated myself, started making actual real business deals. My father was helping me with a lot of negotiations back then. Um, but a lot of people say my dad helped finance the company, and my dad never gave me a penny. So this is all. I just yeah. want to ask you
0: about, I actually heard that story, Rob.
2: Yes, totally not true. I just, I just did everything from ground up. I worked my
1: ass off, so. And I, you
0: know. I know you did. I know yeah. you did for sure.
1: Because the rumor is out there that you you know, your dad had pretty much funded you to get started from yeah. the age of like 15 on. So
0: oh, we, can, we can honestly say we could put the kibosh on that one because you're hearing it from Rob Feinstein himself. His father, his family gave him no money. They Other than just me. support and love. They, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm supporting you for sure.
2: When I lived at my parents' house and I, I was doing the ECW duplications of the VHS tapes, I took over uh, a back bedroom that was a spare bedroom, and we turned it into a little studio. And ECW was doing so much business that when I would go out, I wanted a social life sometimes. I trained my dad how to load up the VCRs. Actually, <laughs> he was actually like, loading these VCRs every two hours. When Summer Sizzler or Alter Clash or, I don't know, barbed wire, choke slams, and hoodies was done, he knew the times of tape, <laughs> And he would go in and, and switch the tapes for me. <laughs>
1: I, I, I got to ask you a quick question because you were there in ECW. What was it like the night that Kimona, Juanalea, danced on top of the ECW arena? I was there that night. Yeah, it was a, it was a night I
2: remember. There was technical difficulties and nobody knew what to do. And then Paulie's like, "Kimona, get out there and dance and stall the uh, crowd," you know. So that's that's what happened there. So
0: I was there that night. Yes, that was a <laughs> fun night.
1: <Okay. laughs> Every arena show was an amazing night. That that video is now leaked out onto the YouTube, of course, and I think they put and, it out. Uh, warfare. Okay, okay, that was that was when it was. I I still remember like for like two years of ECW TV. Uh, Order the night that Kimono 108 yes. danced on top of the ECW arena, yep. and that was like the tagline. Now, I got to ask you an ECW another ECW question. We can go back into the shoot interview questions, and all that, but. You when ECW came here to Virginia, y'all were in Norfolk, you were at the Boathouse, which I was telling Angelo, the boathouse was a no-seat arena. It was all standing room other than in the bar area. Yep. Um what do you you said you remember that night very well. Why is that? <laughs> Besides the fact it was a crappy place to hold wrestling, but <laughs> I remember that night and I'll tell you why. <laughs>
2: There was a magazine going around the locker room that night of uh, a very famous WWE personality right now. And she was in a magazine, and she was with ECW at the time. And I think it was just discovered that weekend. And I remember that was the night that the locker room was passing around the magazine, and that's the truth.
0: <laughs> and, I, and I know who, what he's talking about, and I will not mention her name. Yeah. But okay. I think we, off camera, we, we'll talk about it. <laughs>
2: Stories about almost every ECW event. I could remember like different buildings, and I, I remember every, ECW was the best.
1: Well, I, so, well I'll ask you the last one here about the Virginia area was uh, y'all did the show at the amphitheater, which is a concert venue of all places that normally seats 20,000 for a concert. That was insane to do one there. Oh, I yeah. mean, like, who would have brought you guys in and, and, and put you there? I'm just curious, as the well, there's or...
2: Things. No, that wasn't Paulie. We had two people working for the company, a guy by the name of uh, Greg Bagarozzi. Um, I don't even know if that's his last name for real, but we, all the boys would call him bagarosi <laughs> And maybe at the time, Dan Colwell might have been helping promote shows, but I don't know if he was the Virginia promoter. But we had a couple guys that just went out specifically and would find the buildings for ECW.
0: Wow. So, right. Rob, uh, Jeff is asking you a question about ECW. Let me go there for a minute. I used to go to the shows often. I, I, in fact... You know, the 2300 Arena became like my second home yep. for a while. I thought it was innovative. I thought it was unique, different. It was fresh. There was nothing else like it. Why, in your opinion, and I really would, and I, everybody's got an opinion on this. As, as many people as you ask, that's, where, that's how many opinions you're going to get. Why is it then? that ecw failed inevitably
2: well you know you got to blame the guy who was running the company at the time and uh paulie was a creative genius but when it came to business you know that's a different story and uh not knocking paulie because i ran a company and i see how hard it was with ring of honor and uh other companies that i've run and um my all my stores and um I think if Paul E. had a business person that was in the company, like how you know Vince just had two guys, that, or a guy and a girl, actually. But if he had some business people in there that just dealt with business end of things, not yeah. wrestling, then I think ECW would still be around today. Paul E. pretty much ran everything, and the boys ran the office, like Tommy and right. you know, other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was the biggest problem, and the downfall of ECW, was that everything was run by the boys.
0: Was was part of the downfall that they veered away from Joel Goodhart's original vision no. for East, when when uh, when Tri-State became Eastern Championship Wrestling? There was a certain you know where I'm going with this. There was a certain you because you were around at the time. Yeah, he had a certain vision. Uh, he brought in some of the biggest names. You know, even if he had to go into his own pocket, and he did often. And Todd Parker. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Joel, exactly. Joel done
2: anyway. Even in, in, I did an interview with Joel, and Joel even admitted, you know, how much money he was losing, and he promoted shows because he loved the business. I mean, that happens to us, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was Joel's uh, co-host for a while on his radio show,
2: Squared Circle.
0: Yeah, and I did that show for uh, about a year with him. Um, when Carmella left.
2: Yep, I remember. Yep.
0: Yeah, remember Carmella? Yeah. I used to, Great. Great.
2: Carmella's house and her husband, Paul, he gave me, honestly, this is a shoot. He would give me the first Memphis tapes that I've ever seen I got from Paul.
0: Oh, wow. wow.
2: Yep. And the Crockett Cup, the very first Crockett Cup
1: I got from Paul.
0: That's I, amazing. I
1: want to thank you for actually putting that one out because I got the 86 Crockett Cup from you, Rob. Yep. So That uh,
2: was one Crockett Cup that was never put out, and I got a copy of it from Paul, I think. And nobody had that. It was amazing. That he,
1: that, I don't that, know how he got it. That was we were talking tape trading. That was one that people wanted to get right there, Angelo.
0: Rob, does Jeff owe you any money?
1: I'll take fifteen bucks for that, plus uh, the shipping. (laughs) 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 Oh, oh, there's your pup. Oh, you can see her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's the best. Pretty pretty baby. Um, Now I got a question for you, Rob. What ECW folds? What leads to you, and led to you? Coming up with ROH and becoming kind of one of the founding fathers of ROH. Well, there was a
2: big void for about a year after ECW went out of business, and it was it was so depressing because ECW was the best time of my life. I mean, yeah. it really was, I had the best time with. I, surrounded my I agree.
0: I I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm glad Jeff asked that because I was going to go there. I was going to uh, you know ask you and and actually I want to double down on that question. When ECW closed, it left a void for a lot of us wrestling fans yeah. in the Philadelphia area. Um, you know, because we used to travel to, to the different venues, you know, not just the arena, but the Lulu Temple, uh, at the, uh, uh, the, the Field Fieldhouse. Um, yeah. I mean, we, you know, there was like a little a band of merry misfits that used to, <laughs> you know, travel from show to show. And yep. all of a sudden then, Rob, we were left with, you know, no place to go. So the Ring of Honor idea comes up. How and when? How far, how far after ECW uh, is laid to rest?
2: About a year, not even a year, maybe nine months, because me and Doug were going to all the indie shows in Jersey and New York for, I mean, we were going to indie shows even during ECW. But most likely, we were on the road with ECW, but here and there, we'd go to Jersey All Pro shows. Most likely, it would have been their shows. And they had so much raw talent there. And then uh, when ECW... What was, up, Rob, was, another interrupt. was that Ricky O? No, no. That was uh, Frank, Fat Frank and uh, Pierre. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So we started going to their shows in uh, USA Pro for Frank Goodman. Um, and the, they're the main two companies that we actually would go to in, in Jersey and New York area. And there was so much raw talent there that I got the idea. I was like, you know, Doug, and we go to MCW down in Maryland. I was like, there's so much talent around the Tri-State area. Yeah. I'm going to start up a wrestling company. We, we know the business. We know how to run shows. Um, You know, I ran two – I actually ran three ECW shows myself. I promoted the shows at my high school, two at my high school. I did another one locally, so I was, like, the promoter for that. So And I learned a lot from Paul. Like, I was on the phone with him all the time. Let me let my dog out. Can you – one second. Go ahead. I'm just sure, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Pause for a brief intermission. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah,
2: basically, um, I learned a lot from Paul. Like, after like, the arena shows, especially after the arena shows, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock, actually, three o'clock in the morning, he would always call me and he would ask me, Hey, why do you think I did this? Um, Why do you think I did that? And this was constantly happening on the road, too. He would go, Hey, what do you think? He would tell me and bounce stuff off me, for whatever reason, I mean, he was definitely my mentor. So a lot of the guys were, but I mean, I, I think it's right. time for something in Philadelphia to be done. And, uh, I remember telling the office, you know, that I'm going to open up a wrestling company. So,
0: yeah. Was go it, go, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, please. Just- so
1: then you, you decide you're going to open it up and you know, you, you put out the, ana- I remember the press release when it came oh. out that you guys are going to be opening up your company. In fact, I contacted mm-hmm. you about coming in, for a trial as a referee you said unfortunately we got our referees covered at this time however stay in touch with me and then well, my ex-wife nice. decided, well then my ex-wife decided she put a kibosh on me ever having that dream again so right. um hey <laughs> but what i was gonna say was you, you know how long from the point of dream to reality was it like like it was quick quick it was really quick. I mean,
2: as soon as I told everybody, we started contacting you know, all the guys that we wanted to you know, bring in. And from tape trading, I knew guys down from Ian Rotten's company and guys that were like top indie guys like AJ Styles and um, CM Punk and Cole Cabana. And me and Doug went down to Texas to work for um, – Shawn Michaels had a company, TWA down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we saw a couple guys down there when I was working for UCW that I wanted Paulie to bring in, like uh, Michael Shane, American Dragon, and, of course, Spanky. These are all guys that I wanted in ECW, and for whatever reason, only one got in, which was Michael Shane. And I knew when I started my company that they're going to definitely I'm, – I'm bringing those guys in. So, um, yeah, I made plans. I bought a ring, and uh, I had to go find
0: a building, and we found the building, which was the Murphy Rec Center. So, Rob, when, when, you, when you started your company, did you realize at the time the expense involved? Because I can tell you, having owned a company for 22 years – I actually, I actually owned NCW All Star Wrestling for 22 years.
2: Oh yeah, that's one of the things you don't realize. You have a list of all the boys that you got to pay. You know the rent of the building. Yeah, you got to pay a couple of doctors, referees. Man, at the end of the night, when you're sitting in that room with all the cash and you're paying out the guys, you, and everything's checked off, there's there's like 15 other things
0: you don't even think about. And, mm-hmm. was- and how many? And yeah, right. And how many times do you have to go in your pocket because the cash is gone?
2: Exactly. exactly.
0: Yeah. People don't realize that, what we have to go through. I, 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 I did a okay. benefit show. It, it, quick, I'm, I'm sure you you may have heard about the show I did. I did a benefit show for the 9-11 fund at the Sands Casino in Atlantic City. Okay. Okay. Snooker worked for me. Tom Brandy was there. I had Vader. Uh, I, had, I had a few names. They all basically worked for free, except for Tom Brandy. But I still love you, Tom. And uh, and I will tell you that. And, and Now keep in mind, this is a benefit show to raise money. That show cost me almost ten grand. Uh, it, it cost me ninety two hundred and forty something dollars. Let's say say ninety two hundred bucks. That's what it cost me to raise money. Okay, Our so show- people don't understand the the expense involved. Oh yeah, yeah. You have to have doctors. And, and at the time, people don't understand this, too. At the time, the insurance liability was off the chart.
2: Yep. Yeah. You had the commission. You had uh, the ring truck. Yep. <laughs> There's yep. so much that goes into a show. It's not, oh, we're going to put a ring in a building, and then it's easy to do. The
0: fans yeah. have Yeah, not- and sell tickets.
1: Yeah. I, I- I'll say this. I think it's probably easier to run a show down south, an independent show down south, than it is up north. Because the other well, Virginia, we got the athletic commission down here. But once you go down to like North Carolina and things like North Carolina is hands off on as far as pro wrestling as right. anything goes. I mean, I you know, that's that's where I cut my teeth as a referee. And, you know, we would have guys coming in there and be like, I'm 16 years old and I'm trained. Dude, you're 16. You're not even 18 when you want to get in the ring, brother. I mean, come on. I remember when we
2: like, used the, one of the Briscoes? We had, we, we couldn't use Jay for a little bit because he wasn't
1: 18. Yep, I I, I right? uh, that was on one of the very in their first year. That was uh, and then when Jay and Mark had their cage match and that that oh my gosh. Yep. I mean, people want to talk about Cody and Dustin's bloodbath. They need to watch Jay and Mark's uh, cage match. Holy shit. Yeah. That- <laughs>
0: so you guys uh, within nine months. You got a little financial backing. You're off to the races. When was the first ROH show?
2: February 23rd, 2002. And so that where? It was where? We didn't have any backing. It was all my money.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> you yes. self-financed it. Okay. I
2: self-financed it. I had wrestling stores all over the country. I had about 15 stores, and I opened them up during ECW. I mean, I had stores in California, Mall of America, Minnesota, Texas, Boston, New York, Philly, I, we were uh, everywhere, North Carolina. And I closed all of my stores because the t shirt business in uh, wrestling was going downhill. So the, the money really wasn't there. And yeah. running stores in all different locations was very hard to do. People were stealing. So I closed the stores pretty much. And I started, I was like, you know, I'm going to close my stores and I'm going to take the money that I was putting into the stores and, you know, paying all the employees. I'm like, I'm going to start a wrestling company. So I'll close all my stores and I'll take that money to the, Ring of Honor,
0: wow. Rob. Can you tell people listening to this and watching the show how important, how critical merch is to a wrestling promotion?
2: Oh yeah, we uh, it, it helps you it pays your bills. So and that's why um, AEW is going to be a force to be reckoned with. In fact, I'm wearing one of the shirts right now. So, I, but uh, I was going to take over gonna that. Make so much money with merchandising. It's not even funny.
0: Yeah, and people don't understand that without merch. You have no promotion. That's your advertising, especially if you're an indie company and you're relying on those shirts to be seen. Yes. It's expensive to buy television time. It's expensive to take ads out in papers. It's expensive to run radio spots. Wrestling merch, that's your walking bill. AEW should be paying you a commission right now (laughs) for sporting their their t-shirt. All over the country right now because you're right. being seen everywhere. Good, good, good. good. You know? go ahead, Jeff.
1: Uh, I was gonna ask. Well, you're talking to AEW. Do you see AEW as kind of being the new ECW ROH? That new
2: one hundred percent. They're they're at the right place and the right time. WWF has just been getting eaten up on social media and the fans. And you know, it's not even the smart marks. It's the common folks too. They've given up on the product, so to speak, because of uh whatever, whatever reasons, creative reasons. And AEW came around at the perfect storm and the perfect time. So um, You
0: just used a term, Rob. (laughs) I'm glad you used it. Because you used a term that is credited to you, by the way, in case you don't know that. What's that? The term smart mark. (laughs) They're they're crediting. I did my research on you, young man. People are crediting Rob Feinstein with the first use of the term smart mark. That's crazy. I never said that. It's, here's my contention, if you're smart, you're not a mark, right. and if you're a mark, you're not smart, and what we mean is smart to the business, Yes. but everybody, we live in a time, and Jeff and I have actually done a whole show on this, the fans that are, everybody's smart now, okay, Vince, for better or worse, pulled the veil back, so everybody's smart to the business, we did a show last night. We had Princess Victoria on. And I asked a simple question. I said, is K-Fabe dead and can it come back? And she said, yes, it's on life support, but it's not dead yet. Yeah. So where do you stand on the question of Kfabe?
2: Well, to me, K-Fabe is dead. I mean, the only place you're going to see KFAbe alive is in Puerto Rico <laughs> and maybe um, some other countries. But in the States... Unless you're a young child or you are, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I just, I think most of the fans could see through the wool and uh, know what's behind the curtain. But don't, wouldn't you say, though, that, like, to AEW's credit, they're trying to keep k to a point with Dean Ambrose or John Moxley in the I love, patch? I, I give them
2: all the credit in the world because if I was running things, that's the way it should be done. The way he's wearing his patch out there, the guy's selling stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think they're doing a good job. Some
1: aspects, even, some even other when aspects. He was on board the Jericho cruise ship. He was walking around with the eye, you know, his, his eye patched up. That's awesome. So, I, I mean, that that I think is an element. Kate Faye may be dead, but I think that that element can still exist to at least make fans somewhat believe. And
2: it should be. Yeah,
1: Rob, um, when, when
0: was your um, when was your parting ways with the uh, with uh, ROH? Uh, when and what was the circumstances uh, of you leaving?
2: Of Ring of Honor? I sold, yeah. I sold the company. People think I was, I was kicked out because of the
0: incident. Well, that's where I was going to go with that. Yeah, because that, that was, again, you know, nobody... <laughs> we love the wrestling rumor mill, you know? Yeah. When you don't know the truth, print the rumor. Exactly. So you're here, and so set the record straight for everyone.
2: Well, I'm not going to go too into it, but I will tell you that I never left the company ever. Um, they said that I left the company. I was there... All the way until I sold the company, I never was kicked out of the company. I quit, and I sold it, and then I left because the people that I was working with, I couldn't trust anymore. Half the people yeah. went with me, and half the people went with the money. And, um, yeah, there was and a lot of that problems when, on, a lot.
0: Is that when Gabe when entered, entered the, the picture?
2: picture? No, Gabe was there from day one.
0: Oh, Gabe was there already, okay.
2: Gabe, Gabe was there from the get-go. As soon as ECW went out of business, I gave Gabe a job. Because he was unemployed and, um, you know, he was my friend. And he was very creative when it came to writing. So I had hired Gabe to do my website and to help write articles in my newsletter. Well, the updates, the tape updates. Ahead, Jeff.
1: Was he the original booker for ROH because he's credited with it?
2: It was me, Doug, and uh, Gabe. It was all three of us, you know.
1: Yeah, was, right, It right. was never really... Yeah, a so you you had a hand in the booking then?
2: Oh yeah, I did a lot of ideas. You know, the whole oh, okay. I mean, dreamer, CM Punk stuff. That was all me. There's, there. We all got along. Me Gabe and yeah, me, me Gabe and Doug. We, we got along with our ideas. Doug came up with Special K, and he had a part in a lot of stuff. And Gabe Gabe did run the locker room. I'm not gonna say he didn't run the locker room, and he did book a lot of the stuff. But it was definitely a, a team atmosphere.
1: Uh, I'll tell you one incident that um in, I'm in ROH. I, I'm keep on going. I can hear you. Well, yeah. I'm the one incident that happened in ROH that a lot of people even you know still debated to this day was the infamous uh uh worked riot angle that they did and cw yeah. Anderson was part of it and and all you know cause CW's actually told me the whole story about it because I'm good friends with CW. So um I mean that that's just crazy. Like they had people in the audience that were workers. Oh that's and awesome. Workers. <laughs> Can, do you care to to blow the lid off of it or I mean, or tell yeah, it? I
2: mean, we worked at a major angle and that was what that was probably one of our first big angles too for the company and it picked up a lot of steam a lot of people thought we had a real riot and
0: yeah I mean,
2: we did it so believable with the guys in the crowd and all and the fans jumping yeah the, it was perfect
1: it did i mean that 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 set the internet rumor mill off, off the chain it set i mean uh, you know just off and running now I'm going to get away from this really quick. I got I got I got a bone to pick with you young man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Here I, I, you I, go. I, 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 Here you go. Where where did you possibly get your stink info from? Was it like Dave Meltzer for like 6 years you claimed he was coming in at WrestleMania and yet he never did. <laughs>
2: I know. I know. I always thought he was coming in. I really did. And I would talk to Dave all the time and I didn't I don't I think Dave could give me like that information. I, I talked to a lot of people but no, I, I was joking when I said was it wasn't
1: Dave, but uh, uh Yeah. No,
0: he he was funny
1: to be coming in a lot of those times and I don't know what happened. I mean because there was like it was the year that he came in at, at at that SummerSlam, but that WrestleMania you swore, I mean, to the day of you were online. He's coming, he'll be here tonight. I swear <laughs> <laughs> it was I
2: definitely thought he. That's my sources told me he
1: was going to be there. So I will confess, I lit you up on Facebook. I was like, "You're a lying son of a bitch."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. No, no, no. I, I, it was all in good fun, honestly. And I think you even knew where I was coming from with it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like. But um, I just wanted to give. I just I had to rib you really quick about that because uh, I know that I I have seen where people will even give you a hard time going. All right, where's, it, where's your new I, series on this one, Rob? I, you know, I, like, I think it had a lot of heat for the Sing stuff, so... Yeah, yeah, because you had said something recently, and they were like, oh, is this, like, Steam coming in, too? Yeah. And <laughs> well, <laughs> I think, well, let, let, let's clarify
0: what you're talking about, Jeff, because uh, you haven't mentioned it, but I will. Because oh. uh, <laughs> Rob is already... Look, I have to address it, Rob, because you put it out there in, for the public to see. John Cena... It's going to be at WrestleMania. 100%. Guaranteed, confirmed. That's true. But you never said... Who? That's, but you never said he was going to wrestle. He is going to wrestle. Oh! We have now, a scoop. Hold yeah. on, Jeff. It
2: that it's going to be Taker? Is that correct? I don't think it is going to be Taker. That's what I asked. and I was, I was told that it's not going to be Taker. Well,
1: who, who, do, you, who do you hear?
2: I, I honestly, it's up in the air. I haven't heard any names specifically.
1: You know. Okay. Well. Okay. Let's go with this.
0: What is your guy tell you. Who do you think as as an educated wrestling
1: fan? Yeah.
2: There you go. Uh, Elias.
1: Oh. Yeah, I can see that. Well, it would continue on from last year's WrestleMania bullshit. Yeah. So I, I think it makes sense. Yeah. I that can see that. I, I. No. Hey. I mean. Ooh. I. I I, and, be- you know what?
0: and and it's it's believable, and I'd buy it.
2: Yeah, and it gives Elias the big rub. So
0: yeah, we'll go with a couple of rumors. Let me ask you a question about that too, because I want to I want to talk to you about a little bit about underutilized talent, the talent that get you know they get a lot of hype and a lot of press. Yeah, they make the, the big grandiose entrance, and then all of a sudden you don't see them anymore, or they're used very sparingly. If, if you're, and you know the educated wrestling fan, again, I lose
1: my power here, guys. I'm just letting you know my lights are flickering over here. We got a storm going on, so yeah,
0: got a snowstorm there, by the way, in Virginia. If you're if you're putting your your wrestling fan cap on, why why is it that you might see why somebody wouldn't be used?
2: Well, there could be a lot of reasons that guys aren't used. It could be. People in the office don't like the guy. Um, the guy yeah. could be injury-prone, and they don't want to invest in him. So th- there could be multiple different reasons why guys aren't being used and the fans, and, you know, we get to think he's amazing, but... I don't I mean nothing
1: worried. to the office.
0: I, yeah. <laughs> I, like, to, I, I like to get the different, you know, different viewpoints from people. You know, we Jeff and I, of course, doing what we do, we hear... We hear uh, probably too much of the rumor mill, quite frankly. So when we have a guy like you on who who knows and is you know has been around, is educated enough in the business to offer you know an educated opinion or a smart opinion, I like to get it. Yeah. So Ring of Honor, uh, you sell the company. Your you know your hands are free of that. You throw yourself full in into rf video yeah because you know what when i was doing ring of honor
2: this is no secret um i was really letting rf video go to the curb i wasn't doing many shoot interviews i was pretty much abusing the, you know the company that got me to the dance so i was, i couldn't balance both so i mean i wanted to trust me but even before everything went down we didn't get along me and carrie uh, other people in the office mm. yeah money and there was a lot of shady stuff going on, even a month. It all started a month and a half with one individual that's no longer even in the business. And he was yes. the root of everything. And I'm talking about everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah,
0: I know a little bit about that story. I, I'll keep my, you know, yeah, I'll I keep know. quiet on that for you yeah. know, out of respect for you.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of the fans they 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 hear stories, but they don't know the truth. And there is a lot of stuff going on in our offices that led to that, and these people were 100 percent involved. So,
0: so you know, the, there's the speculation is that your first shoot was was anybody from uh, New Jack to you know to whomever, right? Yeah, uh, you know, and I, I actually have a New Jack story. Um, he stayed in my house for two days. <laughs> wide awake for two days drinking nothing but vodka. I can believe that. And telling stories about how much he loves Jim Cornette. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true,
1: but go ahead. That's yeah. <laughs> where I was going with that. That's well, why actually, I If I'm not mistaken, on one of your shoots, they, they put the kibosh on it. Or it was uh, Sean Oliver's, one of yeah, the two. Yeah, Sean, see, they walked in on each other. Yeah, yeah. Now- you know, you
0: mentioned Sean uh Jeff, so let's go there. How much did k Fame commentaries impact RF video?
2: Uh Sean's a piece of shit. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> 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 you know, Sean never really he never really impacted us. Um I liked the competition because it actually made me um look at my product a little bit differently and, and see where I need to improve. And it actually made me do some other things besides shoot interviews where we expanded and we started doing uh, face-offs and we started doing other lines of shoot interviews on the roads. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, actually, I welcomed the competition because it made us... Up-
0: I enjoyed, and I'll tell you just from a fan standpoint, uh, and I have quite a few of your RF shoots, uh, you know, you... Jeff's not the only one whose pockets you emptied, by the way. Okay? okay. <laughs> so... But I will tell you that I really enjoyed The On the Road.
2: I loved The On the Road.
0: Uh, yeah. Me too. A, a lot. The other, the other single interview, and I can and I'll tell you what it was, and but I, I want to hear the story behind it. The other single interview you did was with, of course, everybody's perennial favorite, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, who I know was your, your friend. <laughs> Your your buddy, he was a, he was a character, you he was know. Awesome. Dusty Rhodes.
2: Dusty was awesome. Um, it's funny. He's one of the interviews that I watched today, and I don't want to watch it because I was horrible at doing the interview. I watch a lot of interviews from the past, and my interview skills in the beginning were atrocious. I think part of it was because I was still um, not a fanboy, but. I was so nervous to be around some of these guys. Like I went to Dusty's house. Can I,
0: can I stop you there for a minute? Because I want to tell you something. Is you're pointing that out as a as a flaw? Mm-hmm. To me, that's one of the things that made you endearing. See, that's is good. that because you came across as a genuine fan?
2: Yeah.
0: And I think that's why that a lot of the guys opened up to you because they weren't talking to a stuffed shirt. They were talking to a, a a kid. Cause let's be honest about it. You you know you're, you're a young man. Yeah. You were younger then. Oh, I hit my microphone. You were younger then, but you but it was genuine. It was real, and it came across as genuine and real. And when you marked out for somebody, it was it was a genuine you know feeling. Yes. So i I would say that that's not a flaw in my opinion. And to me. That's like, that's in the endearing quality. Your interview skills are very natural, by the way. Thank you. I and, I'll I'll you for somebody, this is what I do for a living.
2: Boy, you know? Rob. No, I was going to say, sometimes like watching the Dusty Rhodes interview, I'm like, man, I should have asked some more in-depth questions. Um, and I was not as smart to the business maybe back then as I am now. So I was like, I wish I could just interview, I wish I could interview probably 50% of the guys again. You know, with the knowledge that I have now, of the business, I think the interviews would be a lot different. I have way more confidence in myself. Honestly, I was very nervous to do the interviews. In the beginning, I had Eric Gargiulo, who did a lot of my shoot interviews. And that was just because I just felt nervous one-on-one with the guys, looking at them. And, and you know, eventually it became easy. And
1: uh, I regret it, my decisions not to do interviews early on. I mean, honestly, they're larger than life. You grew up as a fan of theirs. So, of course, they are going to be a little bit intimidating to have them sitting in front of you. And, their setting or an arena or wherever you would be conducting it at, a hotel, wherever it was, I can understand the nerves being there, brother, because Yeah Jeff, yes. I, I mean, can,
0: anyway. you, Jeff can you imagine can you
1: imagine having nope.
0: dusty roads in front of you?
1: I can't imagine the American Dream Dusty Rhodes in there, living in living color, being there in front of me, telling me what his life was like as a booker for the NWA, and telling you all about my good ideas, and where they came from,
2: baby. That's awesome. That's awesome. The Dusty Rhodes interview was, was really cool, too, because I remember ECW was going on at the time, and uh, I was talking to Dusty, he was asking how Paulie was doing, and I remember calling Paulie as soon as we left Dusty's house, and Dusty made a little comment that Tell Paul, I said, hello, I haven't talked to him. Talked to Paul as we're going back to the airport. And he goes, you think uh, Dusty would come in? And I said, "I we talked about it. And he goes, can you put together the deal? I'm the one who put together that whole entire deal to bring Dusty in the CW. Are you shitting
0: me for real?
2: There's a lot that of guys. Shoot? There's 100% shoot. And uh, I had called Dusty. Wow.
0: Yeah. I never knew that, Rob. I never knew that.
2: Yeah, we, we connected him and Paul together, and I put together the whole deal for him. We did a lot of stuff like that with a lot of international talent. Doug was involved in with Tanaka, Tajiri, and Victor Kiones and and uh, Mike. I don't think it was Mike Awesome. Definitely Tanaka, Tajiri, and Super Crazy. A lot of the guys.
1: Now, who did the ROH shoots that they did, the the secrets uh, or whatever they were?
2: They did that when we were done. I was done, and that was Gabe, and I hate Gabe as an interviewer.
1: <laughs> so, well, sorry, Gabe. I because... He, he, no, he did Absolutely. one. With, he did one with Dusty, where Dusty actually had like his booking book from nineteen eighty seven or whatever that was. I think it was Gabe. Yeah, yeah that shit. I'll tell you what, that was the thing. I mean, just to, like see Dusty's book. Yeah. What's crazy is how many of those books, the old from Cornette on down. They all kept their old books. Oh, Thanks. I know. Yeah.
2: I seen those books. Dusty showed me they are in his basement. Yep, there was it was great. Well, one I, I of the, the reasons said, that I pointed out the
0: Dusty Rhodes interview as one of my favorites is uh, it came across as genuine. He was laid back. He was relaxed. I think the fact that he was home, he was in his home when he did it, yeah, added to his comfort factor. I don't think you know what Rob. I don't think. That interview would have come off in any other setting had it not, had it not been at home.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and and you seemed a lot more at ease. You seemed a lot more at ease. Right. When are you go take care of your dog? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I'm going to I'm going to squash my dog now.
1: Oh, I didn't know that was Rob or yours. I didn't know whose that was. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. No, yeah, not, I, 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 Joe over here. <laughs> now. Uh, knowing that you you had you you were you had Dusty like that, are you have you gotten to talk to like Cody on that kind of level like they even like? Me and Cody have a weird relationship.
2: I can't describe it. When he first got released from WWE, we were pretty tight, where I talked to him all the time. And then um, as he started getting connected with other guys, we kind of like distanced ourselves, which is just odd. But um, I gave Dust or not Dustin Cody. I gave Cody a copy of that interview, maybe about. Two years ago, he came in to work for HOH when I was there with Tommy, and I gave him a copy of it. So, but I'm, I'm closer to Dustin than I am with Cody for sure.
1: Uh, okay. Now, I, I got to ask you something really quick. We, we, we you know, you're, you're doing the shoot interview thing, and that's still a, a, a needed market out there, I think. High Spots has their own streaming network, which I know a lot of your videos are now over them. there. Oh. Huh? I never heard of them. Go ahead. <laughs> but uh, is, is there any chance that you are going to do a streaming site for RF, like we a know. monthly, like we a monthly subscription? Yeah,
2: yeah, no, we we do. It's RFVideoVault.com
1: Because I, I swear I went to go sign up. Honestly, I went to go sign up for it, and it was like only for like three days. I didn't know. Do you offer like a monthly? Yeah,
2: yeah. If you if you check out
1: rfvideovault. Dot com. We do it. I think it's like nine ninety nine, and it's monthly. Okay, I'll have to relook into that because I mean I know that you got a lot of stuff that I you would see like to that,
0: that, Rob. You're going to get another ten bucks a month out of Jeff. Awesome.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of content on there. So, so I want.
0: I have another. I have one more Dusty question, and then then I'm going to turn it over to Jeff. Sure. There are people who have worked with Dusty, and we've had him on the show here. That Dusty, range Dusty. everything from Dusty was. Ahead of his time, Dusty was a mad genius to Dusty that had an ego the size of Texas. Talk to me about the Dusty Rose that you knew.
2: The Dusty Rose that I knew was amazing. He was uh, another guy that I definitely looked up to as a mentor. I could call him, and when I did Ring of Honor, he came in for me for Ring of Honor, uh, one of my first early shows, and did me a huge favor. I'm not even going to get into it, but, I mean... He, when he came to ECW, we drove. Our, we, Paul, he's like, You're driving Dusty, he's your guy, so you're, you're driving him. I'm like, Oh, god, like that's a bad thing, you know. So, um, <laughs> he was always awesome with me. Um, he was just a big kid to me. He was, he, he was amazing. He was definitely a guy you could ask, you could pick his brain, and he had stories after stories. When me and uh, Doug would drive around, he would call me Vince, and Doug Pat Patterson, he would call us Pat and Vince. (laughs) So I I loved Dusty Rhodes. He was
1: awesome to be around. Go ahead, Jeff. No, I was going to say, actually, I think you were actually on Sean Oliver's uh, podcast, if I'm not mistaken. I never did it. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you had. Um, My apologies. Is there any any chance that you are going to get into the podcasting realm? I did a podcast last year. I did two or three shows, and I didn't have a co-host. And I
2: wanted to continue it, and I still do it to this day. But you got to put a lot of time into the – I mean, I don't know. We can talk, but you got to put a lot of time into podcasting. And here's the thing. If I do a podcast, I want to be open and honest. I want to shit on the product if it's shitty, if it's good. I'm going to say it's good. How could I watch TV, AEW, or WWE, and shit on the product, and then try to do business with them. I can't.
0: Well, let me extend an invite to join the Wrestling with the Future Podcast Network.
1: Uh, I would love to. I would love to do something. With because Rob. brother, if it's
0: good, if if it, and Jeff will tell you, and he's a WWE loyalist, but if it stinks, he's going to tell you it stinks. Yeah. And That's, if it's good, he's going to tell you it's good.
1: I mean, if I, we I like love the exactly product. Right we love it, and if it
0: if if the product is horrible, we're going to shit on it, and we're and we're not going to. We're not going to mince words, and we're not going to make any bones about it. I also have so,
2: my whole idea was when I started doing my podcast, uh, you know, about eight months ago. Not only I was going to do a weekly podcast, and then I was going to do a, another podcast each week and just play old shoot interviews. Mm,
0: there you go, so,
1: great so, idea. I was going to do right that would be kind of cool to be like you know do like an old shoot at, You do like uh, inside uh, of where you exactly. were, but, yeah. And how, how the you know, interaction was with that guest and whatever. I like really you know. going to the guy's homes,
2: too, when we're talking about Dusty's house. I went to uh, Vader's house in Colorado, which was just an amazing weekend. We, do, we did that on Halloween. I think it was like 1999. It was Halloween weekend. I had a blast. Mm-hmm. The, the best place I have ever been to for an interview was Don Morocco's house in Hawaii. It was, it was wow.
1: amazing.
0: That was a great interview, too, by the way. I love
1: that like, interview. It was yeah, awful. Yeah. Who Who was probably the most difficult that you ever did one with? Terry Gordy. And um, not because he was being difficult himself. He, he
2: had a lot of health issues, and he passed away like three weeks after our interview. So he was he was in a really bad state of mind. Yeah. And, um, so just trying to do an interview with him was really heartbreaking, to be honest with you.
0: Have you ever done an interview where you had to pull teeth to get answers? Terry Gordy and Snooker. Oh, yeah, Jimmy. Well, yeah, yeah Jimmy. Because he's a, yeah, Jimmy he
2: yeah, that was pretty much it. They're the two worst
1: interviews in the history of the company. It's good, but I... Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I remember when you did, you did the Shawn Michaels shoot, and it was, you know, right after he had been fired or let go from... or quit, whatever you want to say, yeah. from WWE. And then it was, you know, find out what really went down in Mont... That was the whole cell job was... And then he turns around, kayfabe that whole fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, he definitely worked us, too. That was... I would
2: say him and Arn Anderson are the only two guys that ever kayfabed us. Like, I mean, a lot of guys kayfabed us, but I'm saying went out of their way to really, like, yes. work us.
1: Yeah, like, purposely, like. But, you know, when you're watching I mean, the Sean interview. came across on the interview, you know what I mean? Like, to the the mm-hmm. listeners, watchers. Yeah, Sean <laughs>
2: Michaels, you couldn't really tell because nobody knew the real story, so.
1: No, 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 it wasn't until yeah. years later when he came clean with yeah. it all that. It kind of yeah. came Now, um, who would you say – here's one for you. When you were running Ring of Honor, who would you say is that one talent who you thought had it that kind of let you down? (sighs) Did did they let me down in Ring of Honor? Yeah, like you thought maybe, okay, this guy's got star potential. I see a lot in them. And then when you brought them in, they just did not resonate with fans or whatever it was. was Good question.
2: Like, I don't see the big thing of AJ's... No, I'm just joking. Um, everybody that we brought in delivered. Um, yeah. There's other guys that were in Ring of Honor that should have went off and made millions of dollars. Well, okay, who, give me
1: some of the... Who would you say? Like, uh, or, My head, low-key. He should be a millionaire. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I thought that... I mean, uh, I was sold on him from day one when I first heard about him, read about him, and then saw him there with ROH. That, he was... He was like an originator, of like that strong style.
0: Loki was one of the first guys that worked for me.
2: Low-key was a guy that I saw for Frank Goodman, and I brought him to ECW to get a tryout, and yeah. it got kiboshed. It was in Staten Island. Some of the guys didn't want him in the ring training and didn't yeah. want a spot, so that got kiboshed. But uh, whatever. It is what I it is. It was funny. Yeah, it I had so I
0: had Loki on my Atlantic City show. Just get a lot oh, yeah. him. I got along with him splendidly. I mean, you know, I had nothing but admiration for the guy. He was the one I, – I will dis- describe Loki in two words, disciplined and
1: loyal.
2: Yeah, that's – I mean, that's his gimmick, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to say anything bad about the guy.
1: I don't <laughs> get along with Loki, so. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> um – <laughs> we won't go there. Then he was, he was always he was always good with me,
0: and I'm you know look uh, if Rob has his opinion, then Rob's got his opinion.
1: Hey, I don't
0: say Rob is wrong.
1: No, no. Um, I mean, with him there he, in he, wasn't
0: he, wasn't really. cool. he seemed he seemed loyal. Uh, he was there every time I needed him, and I used him a lot, uh, and he was extremely disciplined, at least working for me. Now I mean? can't. You know, Good. I can't speak to the man's character with other promoters, uh, but I can only you know relate my experience.
1: Yeah, you know. Go ahead, Jeff. Hey, man, uh, I was gonna ask Rob what would he um, uh, you, you, what what do you think about Teddy Hart? I mean, I know that he had uh, he's been one of those characters. He was in ROH and he had some heat. And I mean, I you know,
2: Teddy he- Hart is awesome. He's another guy that should be a millionaire. And I've told this to his face, and it's no secret. Teddy knows. Teddy's mouth is, if he could glue it shut, he'd be a millionaire. But I love exactly. Teddy. He's, uh, he's, a hell of, he's one of the best out there. He's an amazing worker. And uh, I get along with Teddy because I understand him. And um, a lot of people can't control him or whatnot. Because, but I've never had any problems with Teddy. Even the first night in when he did the moonsault off the cage.
1: That's what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that was a big no-no. And it was a, uh, you know, it was looked down upon, and he had a lot of heat on him for all that stuff. But it yeah. all happened. You know, I always got along with Teddy, and uh, I still do to this day. I mean, whatever's going on with him, he's got issues. He's got issues, but everybody's
1: got issues, so right,
0: all right.
1: I'm, uh, uh, you know, you, you were. Well, I was gonna ask you actually one name that's out there right now and that are rumored right now is where do you see Matt Hardy going? Do you think he's gonna be behind the scenes with WWE or do you see him making the yeah. Jump? I don't think you're going to see Matt in WWE again for a while, at least. Do you think he's going to AEW? Yeah. Uh, I ain't yeah. asking you what you've heard. I mean, what do you think? I'm asking you what you think. I think he's going to go to AEW. Okay. That'd yeah, we
0: kind of, we talked about that actually last I week.
1: Know. I don't know for sure. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I, I'm not Jeff, and I,
0: Jeff and I have talked about this on our show and we were of the, the, the same mind. We think that they really, he doesn't really have a choice but okay. to go there. I'll tell you this.
2: Uh, this would be his best interest to go to AEW because WWE hasn't used them at all from day one. They put the straps on him just because, you know, it was, you know, shock value. But they never used Matt for his mind. Matt's one of the greatest minds in the business, and he's yeah. the most creative guy. And if there's any company right now where he should be at, it should be AEW. So he could do whatever he wants. He'll have creative control of his own character and he will be, even when he was in Impact and the character was first born, he could do so much more with it. I think <laughs> if he does go to AEW, he's going to, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be awesome. I, I, Rob,
0: I, I actually said on our show that if AEW is smart, they'll bring Matt in and not use him as a worker. If they're smart, they'll bring him in as an agent or producer, use him behind the scenes because he is... So creative. Well, I, I think they'll get mileage
2: out of him, even if he doesn't wrestle. He doesn't. He could just be a, a gimmick and manager or whatever, and who knows?
1: They're saying that they, he can be with a dark I like guess a Billy Gunn or a, a Dustin Rhodes-type character where you use him every now and then in the ring, but um, behind but the sparingly, scenes. Sparingly,
0: though, Jeff. they got to use him sparingly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No doubt, Bonnie no is breaking down.
1: Yeah,
2: I I think also that a lot of the uh, people are thinking that he's going to be with the Dark Order, but that could be a big swerve. And I know Raven was just at the show, you know, hanging out. So I could see Raven being the head of the Dark Order.
1: That goes just with his character perfectly. Raven would be, yes, I would love to see Raven over there. I think that he's got the mind and the creative mind to be, I mean, he's just an amazing man. We were talking about him before we even came on here. Yeah. uh, I talked to Scotty a lot. He's going to be with me next week in Chicago.
2: Now,
1: what do you got coming up there with the big event that you got going on? Uh, yeah.
2: Go ahead. What were you gonna say? Next week, no, I'm no, gonna, where's not it not at and getting... all that? Go ahead. Plug it. Oh,
1: yeah. 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 Oh,
0: go for it. Sure.
2: Uh, there's so much stuff coming up. Like, next week, I'm at C2E2 with uh, Kevin Nash. Uh, I've got Tommy Dreamer, Raven, and uh, Road Warrior Animal will be there. The following week, I'll be in New York for the big event. I'll have the Ascension there and Terry Funk. Um there's, there's just so much coming up. I got WrestleMania weekend and our convention, Icons of Wrestling in Philadelphia, April 11th with Kurt Angle. So we got a lot of stuff going on.
0: Yeah, I'll be there, Rob. Cool. It's Plus, confirmed. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll be there.
2: He is confirmed 100%. I mean, we talked to him. I talked to Terry no bullshit every day. Like every day he calls me because, just, you know, he's always asking about the times and the flights and all that stuff. So Rob, how's he doing, how's
0: he doing since Vicky passed?
2: He's doing as best as he could. I know um, he misses her dearly because we talk about it, but he's, uh, he's definitely staying focused. Well, I, I mean, I, I, was I know that he's concerned
0: about him because the last time I saw Terry, I didn't like the way he looked.
2: Yeah. Well, he was probably having the uh, hernia operation around that period
1: of time.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I know that. that some health uh, issues.
1: Yeah, I, I know I, that when Vicky passed, he had to pull out of, or he pulled out of a, a few, like, StarCast and a few of the other shows that. Um, he
0: canceled everything.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, because I know they hit him hard. That's why I was asking if he was confirmed for sure that he was going to be there. We did interviews too.
2: We we did promos with him, and we put it up on Facebook with him talking about it. He so. seems like a
1: hell of a guy. I've never met him or talked to him, but I would love to, man. He
0: is. He is a hell of a guy. And what he's one of the. He's almost. It's funny when you think about Terry Funk. He's like he my grandfather. Just character, right? <laughs> you know his character. But he really is (coughs) too nice to be in the wrestling business. He's the best. He Rob, um, we're going to have to wrap this up here. Here's what I want to do. Tell everybody where they can reach you, what you got coming up, your website. Plug your your social media.
2: Yeah, I'm going to plug our website, which our main website is RFvideo.com. That's where it all started. You can check out that for everything on DVD. You could check out our on demand website where you could rent something and own it, which is rfvideonow.com. And you could download stuff and you own it forever. Then you could check out the monthly subscription website that we have, which is uh, rfvideosvault.com. And then uh, we have an eBay store, which is located on rfvideo.com on the side. There'll be a big link to our eBay store. And today we just uh, started with another gentleman, uh, a t shirt company, and you're going to be hearing a lot about it. And we are actually paying the wrestlers directly from sales. So everybody that's on our website is getting a cut of the profits. Wow. Um,
0: well, like- let me let, that's a great segue. That's yeah. a great segue because Jeff, the ref, and I actually have our very first merch. We have our Wrestling with the Future t-shirts. There you go. So what's the chances of me selling our t-shirts on RF video? Yeah. 100%. We'll talk as soon as we get off here because we
2: it's not RF video. It's going to be a... This is the website to go to. It's chairshottease.com.
0: And again, it's okay. like,
2: Yeah, it's a chairshot and then
0: tease.com. And uh, now that's the one that just launched today, right?
2: It launched at eight o'clock. You want me to tell you some of the guys who are on it so far? Go for it. Yeah, sure. You guys, you guys are going to love it because it's all Philadelphia based guys. We've got deals with uh, Eddie Gilbert, his family. Awesome. Bruiser Brody. Awesome. Terry Fah. Ah. Sabu. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, the Headhunters, and uh, I can tell you this: we've got probably seventy-five other guys lined up, from like legends to current guys. I we're going to be working with everybody.
0: You uh, know, you're I- in Bruiser Brody. We've got uh, Barbara coming on the show uh, March, tw- uh, March the sixteenth.
1: Awesome, yeah, Barbara Goodish will be with us. She's cool. awesome. Will indie yeah. town, be able to. Will independent wrestlers be able to contact you to be able to get their t-shirts sold through you? One hundred percent. We're going to be doing that as well. We're going to
2: have indie wrestlers on the website. Um, we're even going to make t-shirts if guys need designs. My the guy who's oh, doing, my, wow. my partner, yeah, my partner Shane. He's one of the greatest artists of all time uh, when it comes to wrestling designs, and he, his work is amazing. And he's going to be doing. If you guys are a wrestler and they need a t-shirt made. Tell us what you want, and Shane will
1: draw it up, and kabang, we'll I will you make sh- you guys. I will. I will make sure that I pitch that down here with Vanguard Championship Wrestling VCW yeah. down yeah. here yeah. Yeah, Jeff is uh, um, Jeff
0: is head of security for Vanguard Championship Wrestling in Virginia.
1: Yes, yeah. and
0: uh, and he'll he'll give you the hookup for that.
1: I want to say we've actually we may have brought Rob in for or RF in for one or two of our shows, or at least they had a merch table there. Oh, cool. Um, uh, but, uh, no, I'll be more than happy to plug your T-shirt company to the boys because they're always looking for somewhere to get a good deal, yeah, somewhere uh, to sell the shirts through. And we got a lot of guys that, um, that you know, are are coming up, you know, that we're affiliated with from uh, Gino, who was down there in, um, with uh, Booker T, um, who's now in uh, uh, MLW. Um, Gino's mm-hmm. his name. And then, um, oh, crud, I can't even think of the kid's name. Jordan Oliver. He's another oh, one that Jordan we got. Jordan. Amazing talent, man! That kid's got skies and limit. Yeah, Jordan. I mean,
0: Jordan's, Jordan's going to be on the show too.
1: Yeah, he's. he's yeah, we got Jordan
0: coming he's
1: on. In oh. He's in England. this weekend for the first time. Really? Yes. Okay, so you got you got your T-shirt company. Now, what is uh, any good? Any big shoots coming up
2: that you got? Oh, uh, we are doing another. We are doing a company. Actually, let me plug Icons of Wrestling. Uh, okay. our, our- yeah, sorry about that. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, that's April the 11th with Kurt Angle, and that website is the I forgot about that. So
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: That's big. Yeah, we, we are gonna be doing new shoot interviews. We just did one uh right before he we went to NXT. Literally, like two nights. Well, actually, it was MLW Saturday. He did our interview at like four in the morning on Sunday, and then he went to WW Monday. So it was we just did Killer Cross. Oh wow, okay. yeah, wow. so that's on our website. And uh, we're going to be doing a lot of interviews coming up with some other guys that we're bringing into our convention. So it's, it should be pretty good.
0: Beautiful. So, Well, it sounds like you're a busy dude. Too
1: busy. <laughs> right. Holy.
2: I need to go back to Hawaii and hang out with Don Morocco. Yeah, right?
1: And, and, and live on island time, right? Yes. Well, yeah. I'll tell
0: you what, I, uh, I want to thank you for sharing your time and your knowledge with us. Jeff, what do we got for Vanguard? What's going on Vanguard Championship Wrestling?
1: Yeah, March the 14th we got uh, at Hampton High School a fundraiser for the Hampton Crabbers uh the high school and we're bringing in the one the only Sergeant Slaughter is our special guest awesome. and we will be having Brandon Scott taking on Gino for the VCW heavyweight title. Um and, you know we and then it's going to be a fun night. Uh we always have a good time. That's March the 14th. You can go to vcw-wrestling.com for all your ticket info or Vanguard Championship Wrestling on Facebook and that's where you can find us. And how can they reach Chef the ref? You can find me over at Jeff41977. Uh, I'm on, that is me on Twitter. I'm there. Um, I, I tend to, I like to tweet a lot. Um, yes, and, he does too. He ain't
0: bullshitting. And,
1: and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and I'm also on Facebook. As I tell people, you can find me through our website, the Wrestling with the Future uh, website you know, or Facebook page. I'm on there. I'm always tagged. Find me, add me. I'll go ahead and, and talk to
0: you so yeah all right and you can uh, oh and uh, I gotta I gotta take care of my man Jaden gotta take care of Jaden Dog Pro Wrestling it's big trouble in Little Egg Harbor and that will benefit the Edward Thornton Community Center in Little Egg Harbor New Jersey February 29th Breaker Morant will defend his title Vinny the Fixer and Patch will defend their tag team titles there'll be a bunch of surprises Again, that's going to benefit the Edward Thornton Community Center in Little Egg Harbor, New Jersey. February 29th, go to uh, dogprowrestling.com All the info is on the website. If you want to find us, we're easy. Just uh, Yahoo us or Google Wrestling with the Future. Find us on Facebook at Wrestling with the Future. We are on Twitter at Wrestling Future. And we are on YouTube, Wrestling with the Future. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Podbay, and the fillings in your teeth. We're all over the place. We're like horse shit. We're everywhere.
1: Anywhere you can download a podcast, you can find us.
0: And thank you, fans, for 352,719 downloads as of right now.
1: Here we go. All right. That is so, awesome. on behalf
0: of Wrestling with the Future, thank you once again to Rob Feinstein, RF Video, Jeff F. Robinson, I'm Psychic Medium Angelo. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week and happy wrestling, everybody. Goodbye, Bye. everyone.